0: This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 442 for the week of May 13th, 2018. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Konzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site Konzen Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Again, I say welcome back. My name is Mike uh, Vegito Ex, but also just Mike. Pleasure to have you back in our—I was going to say in our ears, but no, we're, we're in your ears. That's how this works. Uh, podcast this week. I, I just got done recording an entire hour-long topic, so I don't want to delay things too long here. Uh, Great episode, great topic for you. I'm going to be chatting with AJ, you know, the Anime AJ, trademark, registered, copyright of... AJ Enterprises <laughs> joining me and then also first time on the show and I'm kind of embarrassed to have this only be the first time on the show, Stacy Sailor Spaz uh, who did interpreting for Ryo Horikawa at Kamehakan and then AJ who did some panels. We're going to talk about the convention I get to hear all about it, all the great times they had, uh, great stories to be shared so look forward to that uh, talking about this anime convention that took place from May 4th to May 6th down in Texas. This is uh, it's not quite the first Dragon Ball convention. There was one that was held in Osaka in Japan a few years back, uh, similar in nature to other Japanese conventions, which was uh, more a, a spot for fans to congregate and talk, all that kind of stuff, but also uh, share their wares, uh, doujinshi, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but this was more of uh, a traditional anime convention, full-on Dragon Ball style. And at the end of our chat, we talk a little bit about uh, what we all have going on on the website right now, because AJ and Stacy are now official contributors to Kanzen Shu. Uh, so stay tuned for that towards the end of our chat Uh, that's about it i don't want to hold you up any further let's jump into the topic right now our topic for this week we are talking about a dragon ball convention Uh, i'm so excited to hear how this went and what everything was and uh uh, aj hello uh Are you well-rested?
1: I am very well-rested now. I've slept like 10, 11 hours a night since I got back. I didn't even think I was that tired when I was at the convention, but apparently I was, and apparently everyone had to remind me every two seconds <laughs> You looked, in <laughs> you looked any, very in any tired. photo ever.
0: We're going to remind you here on the show now that it's <laughs> Yay, over.
1: Yay. Thanks, guys. It's now part of my being. I'm just, I've just accepted it now.
0: Uh, and then also joining us, I'm super, super embarrassed because, um, as she reminded me, she's been visiting my mm-hmm. website for... A very, very long time, maybe more than either of us care to admit. Stacy, welcome (laughs) to the podcast.
2: Hello, it's good to be here. I'm a very long-time listener, first-time contributor.
0: Well, you know what? That is uh, important to note because technically we are now in a a brave new era of ConsentU where theoretically I'm supposed to be doing less work and letting other people do things, but uh, I decided that the wiki is really fun and I've kind of been ignoring the rest of the website and I've been working on things that... Aren't supposed to be my projects. Yeah, that's how it goes, <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, maybe a little bit later on. So I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys have in store for us in the future of Konzenchu. But for now, we're gonna talk about this this Dragon Ball convention. I'm gonna say it very slowly because if you say it fast, you uh, you end up saying it a dub way. And so I'm going to say Kamehameha. Khan. How did everyone? Yeah. How did everyone say it at the convention? Was it Kameh
1: So I, I tried really, really hard before the convention started to say Kameharkhan, and. When I said that in my announcement video, I got so many comments that were like, you're saying it wrong. So I just gave up. I was like, fine, fuck it. Kamehameha Khan, let's do this. This is, this will do. I just, I was sick of bullying by that point. I just thought, you know what? <laughs> fuck it. I'm just going to succumb to all this peer pressure and, and just get on with it.
0: You hadn't even gotten to the convention yet. And people are already doing that too you. You know, to yeah. be fair, uh, when the first convention that I ever went to was Otakon, uh, 1999. And To me, I, I know the word comes from otaku, and so in my head, reading the word online as I was getting there, I pronounced it as otakon because it's otaku and it's a convention. Uh, little did I know that everyone pronounced it otakon, and uh, yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> Bullied out of me very fast as well. So I sympathize <laughs> with you well. So this is a convention that just took place in Texas. Um, you guys seemed like you had a fantastic time. Uh, let's get started talking about... How you guys got involved with the convention? Uh HA, I'll start with you. How'd this all come about for you?
1: Sure. So like I think a year ago now, uh Geekdom 101, who hosted the event, said, like, oh, I've been given this opportunity thing, uh, you know, to to host this crazy big Dragon Ball first ever, well, supposedly first ever uh, North American exclusive convention for Dragon Ball, and he very kindly offered me a panel. And kind of just fought for me at basically every, uh, opportunity along the way, which was pretty great. I mean, he, he looked after me and, and got me involved. And, and that was pretty much it,
0: really. Nice. I want to hear about your panel in a little bit. I know you put up your, your panel so people can actually just go watch it. Uh, we'll come back around to that. Uh, Stacey, how about you? Uh, you weren't a panelist, but, uh, you were very, very busy all weekend <laughs> yeah. long. So how, how did this miraculous role come about for you?
2: Yeah. It's still like really crazy and weird to think about that it actually happened to me and, like, not somebody else, but... I first heard about the convention last summer. Uh, I was talking, I was talking with Therese, who was talking with Geekdom, and she, you know, I kind of went through her for a little bit. Well, she was like, well, he said they may need translators, so if you'd be interested, maybe we could, you know, maybe you could get the chance to go. I'm like, well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. Uh, I was kind of wondering at first, like, well, d- wouldn't they ask, like, Herms or Julian or someone who's like, I don't know. I guess feels like they're more better at Japanese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> more better. I
2: mean, more better. Yeah. More better at English too. I guess I can't even speak that. <laughs> uh, I didn't hear the exact conversation, but I guess Jake may have suggested me when, when he turned it down, like, I don't know. It's like, these are, I'm like two conversations removed from this. So I don't know what exactly what was said. So yeah, I was, I heard about it then and then kind of was just like mentally trying to prepare myself because it was a uh, pretty big, th- thing just being a Dragon Ball fan for so long and you know wanting to do the best that I could at this job so sure, I was sure. yeah I was definitely very nervous like even even the months leading up to it, it's like I was already nervous, like it just so long before it even happened.
1: Um, no, you did, you did great. I think the, the thing that I heard beforehand was that the organizers were looking to bring in, um, just like local translators, mm-hmm. but Danny Geekdom was really, you know, insistent on getting people who actually know the content well so that the translations would actually make sense and if there were like stuff that if they if they got questions that maybe like the japanese voice actor or Mm. i was gonna say voice actors but the but mr horikawa would maybe not understand you'd be able to kind of adapt it in a way that he would he would get
0: yeah Yeah, i can tell you from experiences going to conventions for for so long uh, there's always questions like that where the fans want to get really granular with things and you know the actor would probably understand it if they could get one on one with the person asking the question, but it's got to go through the interpreter, and you can hear the interpreter uh, kind of going through their head: uh, "How how do I phrase this? What what does this mean?" And then, especially when you get things like dub terms going through oh, yeah. an interpreter back over, yeah. it, it can be difficult. <laughs> um, we've done similar things where I, I've recorded entire panels, then I'll send it to Julie. Like, can you back up what the interpreter said here before we talk about it? Um, but you guys didn't have that. You had Stacy there all weekend. With Ryo Horikawa. That, that's amazing. That's fantastic. I, I'm so excited for you and so happy for you.
2: I know. And uh, so I... I- at first, they were talking about getting multiple Japanese guests, but they weren't really saying, like, how, how are they going to do it if they were going to get multiple translators and stuff. So I kind of got my own backup translator with my friend Jen and said, because I know she's been training to do interpreting. It's like, I've actually never had any training in that specific skill. So that's another reason why this was really scary. But yeah, I yeah. said, Jen, hey, would you like to uh, come down to this convention with me? Because they did offer that I could bring a guest. And first, I was going to bring my husband. That's like, hey, what if I could bring someone who could... Actually help out and get experience too. He's not that into Dragon Ball anyway, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, (laughs)
0: that's a a little more. Like, if he were
2: super into it, then yeah, I would have taken him. But yeah, I was like, well, if I get another helper to translate, we can kind of work together because it's the first time for both of us doing like an actual interpreting job.
1: And she was a Brit, so I wasn't alone. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't entirely Brit shame. When there was two of them there,
1: I <laughs> it's because she she called me over for backup at one point when you were bullying her. That was nice. Oh right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Seems like there was a lot of bullying going on at this convention. We'll come back around to that. I want to hear more about the interpreting itself, uh, as you alluded to. It's it's a very different skill set than simply translating something and you know having the time to go over your translation, consult other people, consult literature, just mm-hmm. and, and then present a final product. Uh, how was it being on the spot? Did you learn anything new about the language? (laughs) Uh, by doing something like that
2: yeah uh so as i mentioned there was two of us there so we kind of tried to work out a system for how we would be doing it mainly it would be her doing the translation from english to japanese for the questions for horikawa Mm -hmm. and then i would do his replies from japanese to english to the audience Gotcha. And uh, but since we were both wanting to back each other up, we were kind of both taking notes while he was uh, speaking, just so Mm -hmm. you know, if one of us missed something, then the other could jump in and kind of say, "Oh," and also this. Also, if there were questions that, as you mentioned before, like very specific to a scene or something in the show that she wasn't aware because she doesn't know much about Dragon Ball, then I was there too thoroughly explain exactly what went on in that scene and sometimes he still didn't understand but there was one funny moment with that actually where in the three vegetas panel they were uh they had uh brian drummond chris Sabat, and ryo horikawa all together and one part they were talking about the copy vegeta episodes oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah and how they brought brian drummond back for that and like there wasn't a specific question for horikawa during that but we were trying to explain to him what they were talking about
0: and like Mm, right because in japanese wasn't it was it uh masakazu yes or morita or yeah
2: masakazu morita played copy mejita weese's actor first she was explaining what they were talking about and then he didn't seem to get it so i thought well maybe because she hasn't seen the episode she doesn't really know how to describe it so i was trying to tell him about what they were talking about and then he was (laughs) still like he still had this blank look on his face like uh, what copy Vegeta? What? He didn't even remember the episodes. And I even, I even pulled, <laughs> I even pulled up my phone and showed him a picture of copy Vegeta. And he still just had a blank look on his face. <laughs> it's like, wow. So yeah, oh, if there's man. any video of the three vegetas panel and you see me and Jen frantically talking to Horikawa while they're talking about that and me showing the phone, that's what was going on there.
0: <laughs> All right. I think this is actually the best story I've heard from the convention. <laughs> so far. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell me more about Horikawa over the weekend. Uh, What was his kind of uh, day-to-day at the convention? Was he just doing panels? Was he doing signings, all the above?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had several, I guess I'll start from the the very first day that we met, which is is the Thursday before it started. Uh, We we went and picked him up from the airport to meet with him. And uh, also his manager was there as well. So we had the two of them and the two of us hanging out for most of the weekend um it wasn't when we first heard we we're going to be interpreters we weren't sure okay is it this just during panels that we're going to be with him or are we going to hang out between we wouldn't we didn't really know but it did turn <laughs> out that we were kind of with him most of the time pretty much when he was at the convention center and then also went out to dinner afterwards so pretty much all day we were with <laughs> horikawa and his manager which was is, it was really it was especially surreal at first like I'm just was like, oh, my God, I'm talking to Vegeta. I can't believe it because <laughs> I did. I mean, I typically I did meet him once before at another convention, but just as a fan, like at his panel, right, right. at a signing table, like not like actually working with him. But mm-hmm. yeah, so first the conversations were kind of like, uh, we don't really know what to talk about. We're nervous. Uh, he actually has really good English. So. Well, that was the
0: thing going into the convention. I, I think a lot of people mentioned, uh, and I've seen this myself firsthand that uh, Hori English is, is pretty good. He seems like he, he understands more than he can personally communicate from time yes. to time, but even then he's still pretty good. So mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like that was probably a great first guest all around for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. It was A lot easier having someone who could, you know, understand most of what was happening. And I mean, in the panels, we would do the interpretation, but we didn't have to like every single time that anyone talked to him, we didn't have to interpret like he could just he could sit and have conversations with other voice actors and be just fine um like there was one i guess the first day of the con we were in the green room with brian drummond and they were kind of just talking to each other and yeah you know, they were oh, awesome he was a, yeah
0: i know I was like, <laughs> that had to be super weird because i know you've been along yeah. you've been around as long as i have so it's like oh you're exactly. vegeta oh you're vegeta I, know, I was like
2: there's two vegetas <laughs> like oh and there's three vegetas <laughs> there was a lot of vegetas together at once but yeah brian drummond was actually a really cool guy uh We just kind of chatted with him while we were sitting around. And yeah, so he had the first day of the con. There was uh, the opening ceremonies, which uh, Horikawa was the final guest at that one. They kind of did, you know, they went through all the different voice actors. I guess before even that, they had a red carpet premiere, which was kind of interesting. I've never seen that at a con before, but they had just like this curtain and this red carpet that came out. And then they would announce each of the each of the guests and they'd say a yeah. thing and walk down the carpet and shake hands and high fives and stuff. Yeah, I was a pretty amazed at the crowd that gathered for that because after the red carpet, we went up this escalator and then like you could just see this view of all these people crammed into this small area. It's was like, wow, mm. everybody's super excited. <laughs> but yeah, then after that, he had the opening ceremonies, which was just, you know, just a short little blurb where he had a couple... Uh, Geekdom had a couple questions and answers. Or no, <laughs> Geekdom had questions. Morikawa had answers at the opening ceremony. So that was our first interpreting, I guess, gig. Was that mm-hmm. short bit, um, which that I think it went pretty well. We were both kind of scared to watch things back to be like, oh shit, we probably missed something (laughs) or, but, but overall it seemed most of the interpreting went pretty well, especially for our first time. (laughs) He also had many signing sessions throughout the weekend. Uh, he went, he was good about going back to the table and like, well, we'd even put up like times on the booth because it was kind of like there was just opening signings throughout the day, but Obviously, Mm -hmm. the celebrities aren't going to be at their booth for, like, eight hours at a time, so... So we would try to coordinate. It's like, okay, we have to leave and go to this panel. That'll be done at this time. So we'll put up a sign that says, okay, we'll be back at about two. And then every time we came back to the signing table, there were people lined up waiting for him to come back. And they would always always applaud. And (laughs) it's really, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we were next to Sean Schimmel's table and he was barely ever there. (laughs) Yeah. And then there were also these uh, meet and greet events That were kind of a cool thing that I guess people had to pay extra to get into, but it's like, other than like the big Q&A panels, not many people get a chance to ask a question, especially the way (laughs) it was done here where it was mostly Geekdom had pre-prepared questions. And not so mm-hmm. much audience, which I actually thought was a good thing because that avoids like the cringy yeah. questions a lot. Like, Ooh. yeah,
0: that was very, very intentional. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a it's a good thing that that's a, a very smart way to conduct panels. Uh, you feel as an audience member like you, you are still being represented because you know their audience questions, but it does allow you. Uh, to move on from questions when things aren't flying and when yeah. someone can't really get the words out, which to some degree you can't really blame someone if they get super nervous, they get up there and they're stammering a little bit and mm-hmm. they're, they're just so enamored with the person in front of them. But that does really hold up the panel and it holds up other questions. Yeah. Uh, I think pre-prepared questions is a, a really smart way to go. I wish more conventions would do it that way.
2: Yeah, and Geeks have had one pre-prepared question from someone who asked about Takoyaki and it was confusing <laughs> too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess the background uh, is that, is that
2: Gitim asked Herms if he had a question and he, he, I guess he told him, like, ask him about what type of takoyaki he likes. And then once this question came up, uh, Horikawa was kind of like, type of takoyaki, but, it's pretty much just one type. What is this uh-huh. question <laughs> So thanks, Herms. You derailed the panel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would expect nothing less from Jake, especially not that even was so being a there. Kid.
2: Yeah, and then so Jen thought maybe he meant okonomiyaki because there's like this debate fan right, right. of Osaka style versus Hiroshima style. So we kind of steered it to that just to say, well, here's a question he can answer, I guess, about his Okonomiyaki preferences. And
0: that, I mean, that also goes all the way back to uh, Fujita's Cooking Hell uh, in the song as well. Like, that's part of it. That's probably what the through line is here. And
2: I regretted not, I was gonna, I wanted to ask about that, and then I didn't think of it until later. It's like, since we're talking about Okonomiyaki, I should have asked about the song, but... Uh, in the moment, I didn't remember. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, one of those regrets.
0: <laughs> if one of your only regrets is, oh, I didn't ask Horikawa about an old image song, I think it did pretty good.
2: Yeah, I wonder if he remembers that one because, well, <laughs> I guess it was a song separately recorded from the show, so maybe it might be more memorable. But since right. he forgot Copy Vegeta, I don't know what the chances <laughs> are of him remembering a decades-old image song. But yeah, I guess I was kind of talking a bit about the meet and greets, which were the little panels where people yes. could... Uh, could just have more time to do autographs, pictures, and ask questions kind of more of a one-on-one setting. And so so. in those panels, I kind of took over both halves of the translating because all the questions were pretty specific to the series, like, oh, in this scene, when this happened, what did you think? Um, I also had to do a lot of translating of dub lines, uh, as in not directly translating back to Japanese because that doesn't work, because they don't directly translate, but trying to remember what exactly was said in Japanese at that same point where that dub line was used. One that I remember was someone asked for him to sign their big poster with, I think it was, oh, I'm doing this for you, Bulma Trunks, and even you, Kakarot. But mm-hmm. in the original it was where that was where he was saying farewell, so I said, Well actually it would be Sarabada Burun Su say Yeah. So several cases where I had to do remembering the script in Japanese, which was kind of fun and kind of made all of them like, Oh, this this fangirl, she like knows way too much, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. That's still really fun though. Yeah, they, as I couldn't really hide the fact that I was a fangirl. I'm sure a lot of people saw the video where. <laughs> Uh, Horikawa was doing the final flash during the opening ceremonies panel, and I'm just sitting next to him, like, Ooh, uh, freaking out. That and was like, one of the
1: greatest things ever. You can literally see you melt as it happens. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Because he was so, like, just soft spoken in his regular voice. Like, just. Right. You're he's just not super
0: bravado, man.
2: Yeah. So when he pulls it out, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: <laughs> All right. You're an amazing actor. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, AJ, I want to hear a little bit from your perspective, because uh, you weren't necessarily busy all weekend, but you had a job to do. Uh, and then I know you um, and, and friends sat in on each other's panels, did some contributions that way. Uh, so maybe tell me a little bit about the flow of your convention.
1: Sure. So I guess for me, I kind of like turned up on the day, on the Friday, I think, and, and kind of saw that red carpet thing kind of as it was going on. And and it was as Stacy said, it was just, it was manic and crazy. It, it, I think... I think that very much kind of set the tone for the convention. Like everyone was kind of getting equal cheers, and that was that was really what I appreciated the most about the convention. Like everyone seemed to kind of put aside their preferences uh, and opinions on various things and just kind of appreciate that everyone was there for Dragon Ball.
0: Yeah, I feel like if if you're going to something like this, you're not the kind of person who is the anti blank whatever here like you're a dragon ball fan and it's dragon Ball so it's fun regardless
1: yeah exactly and I mean like there were there were certain cases where like someone might say like cyan and someone like might mutter cyan but you mean Saiyan? and then and I, I mean there was one point I think it was during um I think it was during Hale Zion's panel where he was like saying cyan over and over without really thinking and someone at the back was like quite angry like it's Saiyan, and, and someone had to like butt in and be like no 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 saiyajin to Saiyan and like and i don't know it was just it was just this cool community aspect to it where if there was ever any little thing like that it was always like very peacefully resolved so that that was a that was a great feeling
2: that happened too in uh i'm sorry Rohorekawa went on one panel where i said "cyan" when i was translating something and geekdom's like see you can say cyan. it's fine <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's okay yeah. you don't have to point it out like that uh, you're just embarrassing me now
1: <laughs> oh, well. no it was great um i'm trying to think what what did i do so i basically ate a lot of food and and, and spoke to loads of people um yeah. So, I mean, on the, I think it was the Friday morning, I went to breakfast at the hotel with um, Geekterm and a couple of his YouTuber buddies and uh, Peter Klamis and Brian Drummond showed up at that point. And I'm just like melting inside because they're just there. And that's, you know, someone from the UK, that's kind of the voices for pretty much my entire childhood, you know. Barring that little bit in the middle. Um, and they were really, really nice people. I think that was probably the best part of it for me is that even though maybe I I I don't maybe watch the dub or I don't, you know, really, you know, focus on that stuff anymore, it was kind of great to just talk to these people as actors and and get to know them as people. Right. And they were very, yeah. very nice. On the so then the next day on the Saturday was, of course, the panels. Uh I was Kind of nervous, but not as much as I thought I was going to be, which was surprising.
0: Let me ask you this. So my experience with a lot of these kinds of panels uh, is the folks that show up are the folks that are already your fans, readers, listeners, and or already know the subject material. Something that's been very difficult at at conventions over the years is pulling in that new audience who doesn't necessarily know that subject matter, but are looking to learn more about it. What kind of feeling did you get from your audience at your panel, which specifically was about animation, Dragon Ball Super, stuff you and I have talked about a lot on the podcast here? Uh, Was it folks who already knew everything and were just looking to have fun and clap along? Uh, Or did you see any faces that were like, oh, wow, I'm learning something?
1: So it was it was largely the latter actually, which was great. Um, that is and I, good, and I guess kind of not great in a way because the reason that that kind of happened is that there were loads of people queuing out. Like that, the panel rooms weren't particularly massive, but there were loads of people queuing outside of the panel room. And I guess they kind of, I mean, they changed this the next day, but basically they kind of stopped those people who'd been queuing for a while and like let all the people in with VIP tickets. Mm-hmm. Um And so they tended to, they, or they seemed to be people who maybe weren't familiar with me. There were definitely a couple of people who like tweeted me afterwards, like, oh, I didn't get in, you know. Um, but yeah, largely on the whole. Um, there were lots of ooh and ah and you know, you know they, they were very surprised and I think what was kind of cool is that when I was like researching for the panel I kind of discovered things here and there like there was the whole thing about the Digimon going, Digimon movie going from TV series say, to and stuff. I was gonna say yeah
0: as I was watching that I was like oh my god that's right that was part of the story here I, I tend to forget about that uh, as you mentioned we talk about the Toriko side of things and transitioning in and out of Kai but I totally forget about Digimon.
1: Yeah I it totally passed over me like I was, I was as I was writing I was like ooh that's a that's a new kind of new thing that I had never really spoken about before so um, at the very least the people who maybe had heard this kind of story before were uh, happy to, to hear something new but I think I think the best feeling really was just the the celebration of the animators. I think what was so great is that people would like cheer for certain scenes and certain animators, mm-hmm. Um which is which is great because that's kind of that's like the reason I started my channel was to kind of draw attention to the people who actually work on the show. So to have people kind of cheer at certain names was like very weird to kind of see that actually in real life. Uh, as opposed to in, like, a comment section.
0: This is something you've talked about, where, yeah, you're there to be critical and and detail some of the history. Um, You're also very big on celebration, though, and and just bringing this knowledge to people who otherwise wouldn't know it and to see that transition into a quote-unquote real-life setting um, that that's really special too yeah
1: no I had an absolute blast it was so so motivating I said this in my blog as uh, vlog as well like just the, the people who came up afterwards whether they were people who had watched my channel before or people who were just like you know wow that was really interesting it was such a an amazing feeling just to just to pass that kind of knowledge on to people it was great really, really enjoyed it.
0: I know you and some buds had uh, a lot of other panels. Were some of the other panels that you were either involved in or saw and just thought were neat?
1: Sure. So the panel that was directly after mine was Olympia's Ollie underscore DB on Twitter. She's a big fan artist in the community. She basically did like a, I don't know what you would describe it as, like a, a Toriyama, Toriyama's approach and tool set kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. where she spoke about sort of what makes Dragon Ball look like Dragon Ball and what are some of like the common mistakes that fan artists make that kind of push them from from uh, or or rather the rather that that keep them away from looking professional like maybe the eyes are too far apart or something there are very like specific traits of Toriyama that uh, some yeah. people miss so she went over that she went over um like some of the tools that he used, like the specific inks. And then she did a, like a live drawing. She drew cell for everyone, uh, while me and, uh, Tyson, who was someone else who helped on my panel, uh, took some questions and answers, which kind of devolved into, uh, trashing on Toyotaro,
0: <laughs> which was, oh, which was fun. Um, yeah,
1: I was, I was kind of surprised at how many artists were kind of like, so yeah, that Toyotaro guy, cause, I guess Toyotaro in general seems very popular but yeah it's kind of to, to fill a, a room full of artists she did a poll at the poll at the start to see how many people were artists a lot of people had problems with Toyotaro but um Anyways, so the the next one uh directly after mine was Tyson's music panel he kind of went over literally every single composer Dragon Ball has ever had and it was it was it was just a fun experience. He kind of went over the different, um, styles that, that each composer had. And if stuff evolved, he talked about how like Kikuchi started doing very like wild west, uh, sort of music around, uh, the start of Z and like even the, even the very vocal Faulkner fans that were in the back were very appreciative of everything. So, uh, that was great. Um, and then I think the next day we had, um, Hale Zeon's panel. He did, it was, it was the, the GT apologist panel, which (laughs) was, it was a lot of fun. It was very different from, from a lot of the other panels, which were very much about sort of sit down, let's talk, you know, about, informative stuff with a bit of humor mm-hmm. mixed hit, it mixed in his was very much like a, a stand-up comedy special kind of recapping gt and kind of reviewing it in a way and talking about what works and what didn't and uh in general it was just like a, a very funny very sort of uh community driven experience for about 45 minutes had a lot of fun with that panel um and then lance's panel mr fusion i think obviously listeners will know him very well he did a whole thing about uh the the z split between you know the the first anime and the second Anime.
0: I was going to say, uh, listeners of the podcast will have heard like the draft version of it on the podcast <laughs> here uh, on our forum as well. So it's it's cool that Lance basically does the same thing I do, where I use all my different outlets as like the rough drafts for what the final version will be. And for him, in this case, it was at a panel. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think his panel was probably... One of those cases where, you know, you mentioned earlier, like how many people were like, oh, that's new. But, you know, that kind of thing. His was definitely the one where I was looking around and like, wow, a lot of people are learning things here. There was a dude next to me literally taking notes. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It, 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 his was great.
0: That's the ideal of of a fan convention panel to me.
1: Yeah. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, there was also Detective X and Comic Book Drake's unpopular Dragon Ball Opinions panel. I didn't, I only caught the end of it. Unfortunately, I was tied up in the morning, but apparently that went really well. The ending bit I caught was, it was kind of just like a big open uh open forum debate kind of thing it was a lot of fun they had like rules on the board like you have to back everything up and positive vibes only you know if you're gonna throw out a really hot take you know be be prepared to back it up and be prepared to to debate it in a friendly way and so yeah that stuff was a lot of fun i wish i I wish i'd been able to see more of that but yeah in general the, the panels were really really great i think that was very much the benefit of um having a host like Geekdom um, help the organizers kind of pick people out from the community. So you definitely had people who really knew their stuff. It, it was definitely a, a very, very good feeling.
0: Tell me a little bit more about the the attendee side of things. And obviously, Stacy, you had a, a job basically yeah. the entire time. But I think you, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. AJ, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, I did read some issues with the VIP thing where that sounds like a good idea in theory. But was it true from your perspective that were people being left out of things because they hadn't ponied up for that
1: yeah kind of so as far as the as far as like the big panels went i think it was kind of fair enough there the the vip um access they, they got in first. They got those early seats and they were allowed to, to have priority for questions, which I thought, I think that's fine. And I don't think many people really had an issue with that. I think it was more for the, the stuff that was limited, like those panel rooms where people were queuing up for, you know, well over an hour to get in and get a good seat because it was such yeah, limited space. And so to have, you know, VIPs come along at the last second and just stroll in and they didn't get in in the end was, was definitely a misstep as far as organization went. I believe on the second day, I'm not 100% sure on this, but this is just what I heard that they basically... Divided up the VIP and the standard tickets for those panels way more evenly, um, than day one. So I think they, they definitely learned from that. I don't know what they're going to do for next year, but, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a bit of a, a controversy on, on, on the, I was going to say day one, day two, technically it was three days, the Saturday.
0: stacy how about from your perspective, uh, just seeing people out there with Horikawa. Obviously Horikawa was one of the bigger guests. He mm-hmm. probably had more room to spare, uh, compared to some of the other panels. But did, yeah. do you, did it seem like a lot of people were, were getting their time? getting their opportunity with them?
2: I think so. I mean, for one thing I saw with the VIP, it was, it was at the autograph lines too as well, where there was a normie autograph line and then the VIP autograph line. And basically mm-hmm. we would have to take everyone in the VIP line before we could take anyone in the normal line, which I could see some of the people kind of getting annoyed because they'd been waiting longer. And then, yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> for something like that, you might want to do like two VIPs, one normal, two VIPs, one normal. Yeah. If you're going to do something like that, there's probably a better way to split that up.
2: Which we kind of did, and then we were told we couldn't. So, Uh like, yeah, we tried to come up with a solution on our own, but we were told by the staffier staff members that we couldn't.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
2: And by the way, the autograph line... So many people got Pops signed. I'm so disappointed in you people.
0: (laughs) 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 Is that still a big thing? I I thought that was kind of over. I saw so many of them.
1: I walked into the the exhibition hall or whatever it was where they were selling stuff, and there was just a wall of Funko Pops. And, oh, God, I turned to, to Speed, who was with me, and we just oh, we just cringed inside. I hate those things so much. They're so scary and soulless, and to see millions of them looking at you from the wall with their dead black eyes is just... Oh.
0: I feel like the only appropriate <laughs> one is uh, Zeno Omnican. Like, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that, kind of, one's that
1: one's perfect.
2: <laughs> I'll always be salty that the, the only pink shirt, the only bad man Vegeta shirt I've ever seen is a pop, and I refuse to buy it, even though I really want a figure oh. of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's such a bummer. <laughs> uh, tell me more about autograph stuff, because I did see pictures flying around. Uh, some people brought some truly unique items. So uh, AJ, I saw you got your Rock the Dragon set signed by folks, but uh, Stacey, what were some of the really cool things that people brought up for Horikawa?
2: Um, one that I was especially impressed with was someone had the first issue of Jump that had Dragon Ball in it and it oh looked like, yeah, and I asked them, like, how much did that cost you to get? And they're like, uh, it was already hundreds of dollars and there was a lot of signatures on it too, so obviously this oh, person cool. had been to other conventions, like, I mean, I couldn't see if the signatures were were from dub people or Japanese, but yeah, there was a lot of signatures on it already, and yeah, that was a really cool one.
0: I see, I mean, just for... Just for information, I, I usually see that go for around four hundred four fifty on mm-hmm. eBay and Yahoo Oof. Japan. So
2: yeah, um, some people had like really big, like elaborate, like wall scrolls, like super like six feet long. Nice. One girl had a uh, Vegeta body pillow. <laughs> oh wow!
0: <Okay>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that I laughed at that, and apparently she she knew who I was too because. I'm somewhat known as a Vegeta Bulma fan, and so was she. So she was a fan artist, so like, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Sweet. Wasn't there a, a Legend of Galactic Heroes thing that someone brought?
2: Yeah, there was, I oh, think sorry. there was two who had Legend of the Galactic Heroes. One was a figure, one was a, a pic, some type of print, I guess. Uh, someone did have a, um, uh, a cell of Vegeta that they got signed. Yeah, but it was mostly Dragon Ball stuff or just some people had random stuff like, uh, I don't have anything. Can you sign my shoe? (laughs) 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 But yeah, he was totally fine with... I say, he was just so chill and ready to, you know, just to sign whatever people brought up to him and uh, just chat with the fans, shake hands, take pictures. I mean, well, the autograph booth, it was for money, of course. They, they, make, they make a lot of money at those signing sessions. And we didn't even have a like actual cash box. We just had a literal box that we had thousands of dollars crammed into. I was scared. I was so scared of losing that box.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the differences. And this convention seemed like it towed the line. Between uh, a traditional fan convention run by a nonprofit organization and a traditional corporate convention. It seemed like it was a little bit of both, but ultimately um, it was still a corporate convention just due to things like. Like one of those hard delineations is charging for autographs, those kind of things. It's really a corporate style event. Did it still have that air of DIY fan convention, though?
2: I guess so. I was not out in the main part of the convention very much. Like we were pretty much always either like in panels or autograph lines or waiting in the green room between those two things and then kind of going through back passageways most of the time so he wouldn't get swarmed with people yeah we kind of turned into like this entourage like surrounding him to try to keep people from coming up (laughs) because there were some parts where like you could go back ways for most of it but then there were certain parts like there was one part going from the green room to this back stairway where you had to go through part of the dealer's room you would just we would just kind of like surround him and like try to and you could see people's faces like like some would just like look at him and go, oh, Holy shit, it's already gone. <laughs> and it's like move along, we can't we can't stop. Move along, move along.
0: <laughs> AJ, how about from your perspective? Did it feel like uh, just a, a fan run community kind of thing So,
1: So this was my first ever convention. So I have absolutely what? nothing oh, to change this. Yeah. Conventions in the UK are dreadful. You either have you basically have Comic Con in London and then everything else is just shit. It's in like a shed. Like, there's the, it's it's dreadful. So, yeah, this was my first proper big thing. So, I, yeah, I have nothing to, to gauge it against. Gotcha.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I have the perspective of I've been to very many fan conventions, but never as a staff person. So, yeah, this was definitely a very different experience for me, having been, let's see, 18 years ago, I think, was my first convention. So, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> but from what I saw, all just the fan excitement and everything, it still felt very much like fan run, even though it was kind of industry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. The vibe was definitely really great. And my friend Jen says now she wants to become a Dragon Ball fan because of all the excitement and joy that she felt this weekend.
0: That's great. That is all the things you want to hear. Everything that you guys have told me sounds like it was good from the, uh, the, the informative panels with people learning things, just smiles on the faces, uh, wanting to become a Dragon Ball fan <laughs> even after yes. not really being one, just, just seeing that community response. That's, that's a fantastic thing.
1: Yeah. I think having Geekdom as a host was, was definitely interesting. From my experience, like I said, I've, I've never been to a con before, but, but having someone who is obviously a, a mega super fan of the series, you definitely got questions that you wouldn't necessarily, uh, wouldn't necessarily get from, from someone else who was maybe just hired for the event. I mean, like he, he was, asking stuff like you know i i mean i i got some cool informative stuff from horikawa at one point uh he asked him you know like uh what's it like to uh record like do you record like the finished footage or what's the deal and he said something like oh we mostly record the unfinished animation um He also uh, asked Chris Sabat, you know, how, how are you approaching the Dragon Ball Super dub? It feels kind of like a between, uh, sort of an in-between-between-Z approach and the Kai more accurate approach. And he said, like, uh, well, everyone's seen it in Japanese, so we're kind of adding our own flavor this time, which made me groan. But, you know, that's a, yeah. that's an answer. So uh, it, it was those kinds of questions that I don't think you would have necessarily got from... Uh, a, a more standard host. Um, and I think yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think, obviously having a YouTube, it was also great for that big community experience that we've both been talking about. You know, having a recognizable voice, I guess, rather than, than face um, was, was definitely helpful in that sense.
0: What do you think for next year? It sounds like there will almost entirely likely be another one next year. Um, do you think this setup worked? Uh, what could be different? What should be different?
1: I think if they do things next year they should probably have more stuff on <laughs> it's not that it's, it's not that people didn't have stuff to do it's more that there wasn't like masses of choice you know if you weren't at mm. a panel you were kind of just sort of wandering around and if you didn't want to shop you were a bit sort of left out in the open so i think maybe they could have a couple more events uh, maybe like little competitions or, or something like that to do
0: it sounded like there, there were some video game like a fighters tournament that kind of thing and uh, the... yeah
1: there, there was definitely
0: stuff um was there a separate artist alley versus do you was it all just one kind of big room for things was there even a fan artist presence I, i guess i don't know that
1: yeah so the uh the room itself was just like it was like this big massive hall that had the signings in like one bit the uh artist alley in one bit the you know the merchandise bit in one bit and then like the fighters tournament in another bit like it was this big very loud <laughs> just mess of people, which was I mean great in some ways because you you weren't know, walking all over the place, but I guess if you wanted a more focused event, you might want to split that up a little bit differently. They had the uh cosplay. Uh, exhibition stuff on a different floor next to Shemel and Horikawa's signing thing, which felt a little bit weird. I think if they were to do things next year, I would personally move the, uh, fan panels into a bigger room, uh, sort out that whole VIP normal thingy. Um, maybe place the, the signings in a, in a different area as well. Maybe put them where the, uh, the regular fan things were before, just so that all that big, bustle of queuing isn't kind of impacting the flow of people around the sort of artist alley and, and merchandise area. But I think on the whole, they did pretty good. I, I'm not sure what other stuff I would change. I think I think if they were going to crack down on something, it would definitely be bootleg figures. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there were a, yeah, it was really, really bad. It was so hard to find anything legitimate. I, I guess that's maybe because um, Toei said they were going to come and they didn't come I don't know. I don't know because there was no like official sort of sanctions thing going on. There wasn't any like strict rules in place or or right. someone who actually kind of knew what they were you know, doing to sort of work out what's real and what's not and, and enforce that kind of
0: thing. So from your perspective, it's kind of like good base, more and a little more separation to things.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Stacey, from your perspective, what do you think could be? different or changed or even kept the same because it was perfect. What do you think?
2: Oh, I know they already talked about that. They want to add more Japanese guests next year since they originally did plan to have more, but in the end they were only able to get Horikawa. So, yeah,
1: Golden Week got in the way from what I heard. They didn't really think.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's a big holiday period in Japan, so I guess flying people out is more expensive or they might be busy or whatever. But, I mean, they already talked about that they want to bring more next year and even they want to bring voice actors from other dubs like, like the Mexican dub and other other languages besides English and Japanese. So that might be a cool thing to see. Yeah, as AJ said, maybe if they... Maybe if they separated things out or they even had like more panel rooms, they could have more options for different panels going on at once. Cause maybe that was part of the problem is that if there's only like two things going on at once, people are either going to one or the other and then yeah, it's going to, yeah. it's going to fill up because there's nowhere else for people to go unless they're just hanging out like in the exhibitor's hall or something. Mm-hmm. But I think they said they there will be another hotel. The one next to the convention center next year should be open at that time, so they'll have more options for like panel rooms and stuff with using that hotel. So,
0: Gotcha. I guess, yeah, tell me just a little bit uh, before we start wrapping up about the the layout of the convention center itself. Did it feel like enough space? Was it being used appropriately?
2: I guess so. I was was mostly in the back. You were behind the the scenes. And sometimes when I was out in the main area, I wasn't sure where to go because I'm like wait how do I get back to that room because I only I've would never t-
0: walked this way I know.
2: I've only gotten to that place through the service elevator before I'm not sure how to get there <laughs> through the main hallways and oh that does remind me of one thing in the rare cases where I was walking around like some people would come up to me and say like oh thank you for translating and oh my god you're sailor spasm well thank you that was really weird I just <laughs> like I've never like people recognizing and thanking me I was just embarrassed but <laughs>
0: anyway AJ, what do you think? Was it a, a good layout, good flow to it otherwise? Uh, I think it was mostly
1: fine. I, I mean, the, the layout of the building is kind of strange. I don't know what most convention centers are like, but I guess in my head, I kind of imagine you sort of walk in and there's all the stuff and there's, you know, it's it's easy to navigate.
0: No, the <laughs> convention centers are always a maze of disasters. <laughs> okay, fair
1: enough. Well, the way this was kind of laid out is that you walked in and it was kind of this fairly fairly narrow entrance hall thing. And like to your left, you had the big massive hall, and then you just had like a single escalator and a single, uh, what do you call them? I was going to say lift elevator, <laughs> um, to, 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 take you to, um, the, the stuff upstairs. So that kind of got a bit congested. They had like stuff cordoned off and security around to kind of guide people, but, um, it's, it's, it's not the most sort of friendly for masses of people. I think if this convention grew, uh, you know, like by a maybe even 25% more, they might have to find another… Another place,
0: yeah. Just choke points. I mean, that's that's pretty standard for American anime conventions. There's always okay. one point where people get stuck, and <laughs> everyone ends up going either like all the way outside, all the way around, and doesn't necessarily yeah. work. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: I I heard that they also lacked a lot of volunteers that they were expecting, so they were a bit mm. understaffed, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. may have led to some confusion sometimes about you know how the lines were working. If there's nobody there to control the lines yeah, yeah. and such, so
0: you hope self policing works. But eh, not so much anime cons.
2: Yeah, well, even Horikawa's line, I had to kind of police that line when we we're at the autograph session because there was this there was this tape on the floor that kind of showed a zigzag pattern to like, okay, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. crunch up the line if they zigzag. But then people would never zigzag and I'd have to keep going and say, Oh, please, please zigzag, the line's getting long, it's going out the door, please zigzag. <laughs> yeah. We, I had a lot of roles. I was I was brought as an interpreter, but I ended up doing line control, doing cashiering, doing uh, guarding, I guess. Guarding against crowds gathering, <laughs> which there was one night where we actually had to we, it was after dinner and we had to move where we were standing at outside waiting for the car because like a whole bunch of people came up and they're like just crowding just around mad. him and taking pictures yeah. like okay you know what we're just gonna walk down the street a little <laughs> ways and you know get this crowd away from him
1: <laughs> I will say one thing the the AV staff whatever you want to call them were mm-hmm. excellent they were so professional um, I was nice. very worried about the, the panel about whether we were going to have enough mics whether the projector was going to work whether we were going to have cables whatever uh, the guy who looked after us after us was fantastic. Like brought us all water and, and gave us like all the cables we needed. Perfect. Um, and, and as far as like how the stuff ran in the grand ballroom, no hiccups at all, which I was nice. pleasantly surprised by. They did really, really good.
0: That's good. That's the kind of thing that you would hear about because you always hear about how they fail. The fact that you didn't even think to say anything until now speaks volumes about how good it was. Because yeah. tech at conventions is always a massive fail.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's been times when my friends were running a panel and they had to like run out and buy whatever cord it was that they needed because the con didn't have it, even though they said they did have. <laughs> right. They would
0: say they'd have one thing, and they wouldn't have it. Yep. That's pretty standard.
2: One of the coolest things for me was throughout the weekend, like at first it was just awkward being with a an idol like Horikawa. But then as the days went on, we just got we just built this nice rapport with both him and his manager. And like, it just feels like a dream to be just like casually chatting with him. And each night we would go out to these dinners, which I know the different actors and staff have talked about that. They would do that after recording a lot is like, they'd go to dinner and hang out. And it's like, just the feeling of like being a part of something like that was like, I was getting so emotional. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just uh being able to chat with him and even getting to the point where it's like, yeah, we're talking to each other every day and like e- with getting inside jokes within the group of the four of us and oh, it was eventually Aww. five because a a, a a volunteer who was helping at the autograph booth eventually joined us for the dinners too. So yeah, just making like this little friendship group with Horikawa and his manager and it was just amazing and uh I did get him one night at dinner to uh, do a line for me because I didn't want to ask. But then his manager uh-huh. said, you can ask him to do lines if you want. Like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so I got a video of him doing Kakarot, your number one. And then me freaking out afterwards. Dude, that and <laughs> video
1: is the best thing ever. Your squeal at the end of that. Is, oh it just God. sums up the entire weekend. It's so good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was my feeling. The entire weekend was internal squeeing, but sometimes external squeeing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bracket external screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. So for me, that was probably one of the best things ever. And even though I was sad that I didn't get to hang out with like friends that I'd made on Discord and Consensu and Twitter and stuff, I it was. I mean, I can't say that I regret the position I was in just because no, it was so. Such an, seems like once in a lifetime, but if we come back next year, maybe not once in a lifetime. <laughs> and yeah, it was just such an incredible experience. And I was crying so much on the last day at the thought of, hey, I have to say goodbye to Horikawa. And then, <laughs> yeah, and he'd been drinking a lot and he kept like, <laughs> he kept, he, oh yeah, yeah, the last night at the hotel. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, the first, the first day we met him at dinner, he said, he had friends make him a shirt, or like for his birthday, some friends made him a shirt that says no alcohol, no life. And, <laughs> <laughs> and definitely at each dinner, uh, he and the manager would, uh, order, a lot of wine and stuff and <laughs> have a good
0: Sounds time. Sounds like my kind of party.
2: Yeah, and then sometimes they're both originally from Osaka, so there'd be these... Oh, like,
0: geez, so that started coming out. There'd
2: be these rapid-fire arguments in Kansai-ben, and, like, <laughs> like, they were, like, even to the point where they're like yelling at each other it's like okay but we had a great time with them and I'm nice. just really really grateful for this whole experience
0: well that all sounds awesome I'm very excited for you guys I love seeing all the, the footage and the photos and, and hearing all the stories sounds like uh, on tap for something really really cool next year Uh let me ask you guys now because I have you both here uh, you are official comes and contributors as of April 1st
2: <laughs> April fools <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone's fired. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to hear a little bit um, what what you guys are are thinking. What what you want to do. What's exciting to you, uh, AJ? I know Heath and I have been talking with you on and off for a while. As we obviously have production guide and episode guides on the site. Uh, what are some things you want to? Add and do in there because I don't think I've talked to you, uh, since we kind of made this announcement, even though we've been talking about it offline for a while.
1: Yeah. Can I just like reveal what we're doing? Because it feels like a big open secret at the moment. Yeah, sure. Uh, the, the idea at the moment, me and Heath are, are essentially working on, um, putting together like totally overhaul, overhauling the entire animation guide on the site. So one of the big things that Heath has done, totally independent from me, is to basically create a like a an entire like search engine for for episode stuff for for everything from dragon ball through to uh super and, and all of the movies and specials and stuff which is so so helpful um i think a lot of us animation fans have been relying on external sites like uh, animators corner to, to get easy access to that kind of thing and he's done the yeah. most comprehensive thing ever you, you just have everything at your disposal now we're also going over um we're doing little guides like what does on model mean what what types of uh approach to animation are there um we are also i think this is the biggest one that is is taking up my time is essentially porting my animation catalog from the forum over onto the uh the main website in like a a proper organized way with actually information that is confirmed in like one section and stuff that's like very strong presumptions in another and then we've also gonna we're also gonna have like little clips of like here's a standout scene from this episode and this is who did it and then you can like click through that through their name and get all the stuff that they've done and like it's just this big crazy just it's it's basically taking everything that was already there and putting it into a very easy to access uh, and easy to understand way i don't know what i'll be adding outside of, of what we've spoken about so far but this is such a huge project that anything that does come will definitely come maybe like a year from now um, we still have so much to do. <laughs> you
0: know our timetables. We announce something like, eh, and you'll see it in five years. And yeah. that's okay because we're not <laughs> going anywhere and it'll still be there. And that's something that uh, I, I've really valued in uh, in you joining us is you came in, you came in hard. Uh, You, you talked about joining the, the forum uh, around the Battle of God's time and you just haven't left. And I don't think you have any desire to do anything else than talk about and document this kind of stuff. And that's very exciting to me. And I, and I really, Thank you for that.
1: No, I appreciate you for your website and, and stealing. All other other life choices away from me. It's all Dragon Ball now. <laughs>
0: nice. uh, Stacy, so you're going to be doing some translation stuff for us. Uh, we've we've opened up our archives to you. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the uh, secret hidden things that you've seen in there. Uh, anything particularly exciting to you or you're like, oh my God, this thing exists. Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah. As I mentioned, it's like I've been around the site and the forums for so long, but now I'm on the inside, like, woo! <laughs> the secret back workings, but yeah, it is fun to look at through the the backlog of translation stuff, which is basically mostly what I'll be doing since Jake and Julian are presumably very busy with other things as well. But, so need more help to get through all the backlog of stuff that's acquired over the years.
0: My, my main question for you is, uh, how does it feel reading all of the uh, passive aggressive comments between Julian and I, where he's like, <laughs> you know, I translated this five <laughs> years ago. Can you put this up on the site, please? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's kind of, that is funny to see that too. But also just the incredible amount of stuff that still needs to be done. And then there's always new stuff. Interviews here, sound bites there that's still coming out that, you know, I hope to help, definitely help with that backlog, get some of those interesting tidbits out there. Of, from all the interviews and stuff that have gone on over the years.
0: I felt bad. Like after I asked you, that was when I started doing a better job of actually scanning some of the stuff that Julian has left in my basement. And I was like, (laughs) Oh God, I I make this look so bad. I'm like, Hey, you're going to help us. Great. And then I add like an entire new page of material. (laughs)
2: Yeah. It's like, all right, just get all this done. Okay, sure. Why not? (laughs) Uh, I'll try it. Yeah. I'm still struggling to make time, but (laughs) it's that the timetable for the website is, uh, (laughs) it's not, it's it's not day. Decade. yeah it's multi- it's the multi-decade plan I'm on track I'm doing well <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> oh that's super fun uh, I'm so glad to have you guys along again uh, people have made such an impact uh you know as friends and within our community we're, we're, we're glad to have people along for the ride so so thank you both and I look forward to sharing more work from you in the future well AJ Stacy thank you so much for for joining me talking about the convention I uh, loved hearing about it uh, talking a little bit about what we're doing on the website right now and both of you I'll 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 be speaking with you again in the future here on the podcast yay Thank you once again to AJ and Stacy chatting with me. Uh, it sounds like a wonderful time. Loved hearing from them. So www.kanzenshu.com. Got a lot of stuff going on, on the site, as you just heard from the two of them. Uh, a lot of cool things to check out. We're keeping up with the nearly complete works of Akira Toriyama. There's been some really cool stuff in there. Uh, that's always posted on the homepage of the website. We have them all tagged, so you can read them all in a row if you want to do that. Uh, there's been some video game news and lots of other little tidbits here and there. So check it all out there on the website. I have some really cool things planned for the podcast in the near future. So stay tuned in the coming week. Uh, you may see some cool photos and tidbits coming out of our New Jersey headquarters here. I'm just going to leave it there. Thank you everyone for tuning in. and We will see you next time here on the podcast. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Did you just say controversy? Is that he doesn't know how to speak English?
2: Yes, it
0: is. (laughs) Oh, sorry, controversy. (laughs) Yeah, there you you go. (laughs)